News Talk 1110 WBT, the Pete Callender Show. I'm Pete Callender, and joining me now is the Speaker of the North Carolina House, Representative Tim Moore from Cleveland County. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm doing great, Pete. How are you today? Sir? I'm doing all right. I'm not bleeding from my ears. That's usually a good sign. So, well, that's um, a great thing. <laughs> that's right. So, uh, first off, uh, the General Assembly, uh, you guys just pushed through a, uh, a, a House simple resolution, right, urging Congress and the President to take additional action regarding the evacuation of American troops, allied troops, and Afghan citizens from Afghanistan. Uh, so, why? Uh, why are you guys involving yourself in the national politics, the national uh, issue of the withdrawal out of Afghanistan? Well, that also as well as American citizens. Yeah, I'm going to tell you, because what I've seen so far is just utter malpractice and incompetence in this president with what has happened. And it just was so outrageous that we wanted to take a stand. You know, there's not really anything we as a state legislature can do. Although we did, uh, in our budget, fund a group that's helping uh, with resettling some of the uh, uh, folks who actually were interpreters for the U.S. military, that once they've been vetted and cleared and made sure that they're good, actually will help them when it comes to trying to assimilate into our state when they come back, because some of those folks are here. As a matter of fact, a number of veterans uh, who live in North Carolina are helping get some of those guys here and trying to find them jobs, because these are folks that literally stood in harm's way with our armed forces, uh, with our fighting men and women, and they want to do that. But uh, just hearing these stories and and North Carolina being having such a strong military presence, that we wanted to take a strong statement. Uh, But I I just, you know, before we came on, I was listening to the news. You know, the the fact that that we've left all this equipment there, the fact that we've, more importantly, we've left Americans there is just absolutely unconscionable. And I think that everybody at every walk of life uh, has a duty to stand up and say this is outrageous and call this president out for just what is absolutely shameful. Did you hear that about the dogs, too? I did. I even left the dogs. Yeah. I mean, this is just unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, and I saw the, uh, the picture yesterday, I guess, where there was what someone hanging from the bottom of one of these helicopters. I know there's competing stories about what was going on, but you know, for, for these folks to supposedly not be able to fly the helicopter, it sure looked like one was being flown the other day. I, I mean, just is absolutely outrageous. And here's the other thing. Uh, let's say they couldn't fly them. What, do you think they're just going to let them sit there? Well, they'll probably sell them to Iran right. or some other nation that supports terrorism. I will say credit where it's due. At least they didn't leave them operable like they did all of the other pieces of equipment before the final pullout, right? Like all of the, I've got a list here of all the equipment that was basically turned over, including the biometric scanner devices, like thousands of them that they're now using to go around and assassinate everybody that worked with Americans. So uh, Mm. at least they did learn a little bit of a lesson to like render those inoperable at the last pullout location. Uh, So baby steps, I guess Um, you actually met, I was reading this piece by Danielle Battaglia at the, uh, observer the McClatchy uh, outfits that um, you had met an interpreter last summer. Was it through a nonprofit no, called no. Interpreting Freedom Foundation? Yeah, this was actually a few weeks ago. Oh. Uh, and so uh, Sarah Verardo with the Independence Fund, who I'm sure you know, uh, has done so much to help disabled veterans. Uh, she, her group, uh, wanted to c- to connect us with with these folks because a lot of the veterans were, were working trying to help with these with uh, with these fellas and that's how I met with them so no this was this was probably maybe a month ago okay and 
and this fellow was, was basically predicting exactly what went down, how this was going to happen, and, and how desperate uh, folks were, you know, th- these interpreters were to get out of the country. Because it's, you, you think of an interpreter, right? You see like a thing from the UN, some person in the background talking. No, 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 no. These guys were, were carrying weapons. They had body armor. They were wearing military uniforms identical to our U.S. soldiers, and they were embedded with the U.S. troops. And so when our troops would often come upon somebody that might be a, a hostile, these were the first folks to interact to see, is this, you know, this going to be a fight? What is it going to be? I mean, these folks fought alongside us. And look, if we didn't have these interpreters, it, it, there's no telling how, much more, how many more lives have been lost, how much more difficult the mission would have been. And, and so it's not, a lot of people want to make it into an immigration issue. This is not about immigration. This is about folks who actually fought alongside with us. Uh, whose lives would now be in jeopardy because they were on our on the side of America. We owe them more than just abandoning them. And you know, and it's always been with America, we leave no man behind, right? Well, now with President Biden, it's like, well, yeah, we leave some people behind. Yeah, and, and, and as well as some dogs. I mean, this is I've never been more outraged about something that I've seen happen in in foreign policy or national politics as I am right here today. And I, I don't know how any American in good conscience can't just be outraged at what we're seeing happen right now. Well, yeah, you know it's bad because Democrats aren't talking about it, right? Like, you're yeah. not, I, I don't see any fundraising emails about it, nothing, <laughs> right? They're talking yeah. about anything besides Afghanistan. Um, but have you, have you seen or heard criticism from the right uh, that we should not be taking refugees from Afghanistan because they're the the cultural assimilation process is too steep. Uh, we also, it's, it, it, it's, it, they're not going to be able to adapt to a Western civilization. They don't share our values. They, um, or uh, what, what's the other argument that we're not vetting them properly or enough and that people are going to get through and it's going to cause even more chaos, uh, particularly in these COVID times. Well, it clear, I, I know I'm not hearing that, but I will say there clearly has to be, a very robust vetting process. Uh, uh, the, you know, and again, I'm more concerned with the the folks who actually fought alongside us. Uh, again, this to me, this is not an immigration matter. This is about uh, men and women who were interpreters who literally fought embedded with our troops, as well as, by the way, our American citizens. Well, we have American citizens still there, trapped behind enemy lines, and the fact that we would pull out and not get them out of the country. I mean, who does that? Yeah, I mean, apparently Joe Biden, and he's the first president that I know of that's done this. Yeah, there's. I think the State Department pegged the number at at least a hundred, so a hundred Americans. And for folks who don't or don't remember or weren't old enough to know, uh, I think you and I both remember the videos that are probably going to start showing up soon of hostages and this and the butchering and slaughtering of those hostages. That's what we're going to probably be treated to now in the in the coming months. Oh yeah. It's it's wor- it's probably it's worse than Saigon. It's even worse than what happened at the uh, in in Iran with how Jimmy Carter, you know, fumbled that uh, with the hostage crisis in the in the seventies. I mean, it's it's worse than all of those things, and it's just unbelievable to me that that you know some in the you know some in the media just are ignoring it. You know, just just not even talking about. it. I'm glad you are, uh, and a lot of but it's just. I, I can't. I can't believe it's real that that the president is has been this irresponsible 
on this. Um, but that's why we spoke up. Yeah. Uh, and and so and that once folks are you know our position is once folks are vetted, once they've gone through the process, folks who actually fought with our troops, you know, we ought to offer them refuge. So you, uh, as I understand it, according to the article, you uh, you called Governor Cooper to try to get him on board with doing some sort of a joint statement. What happened there? Why didn't that occur? No, I just I just called the governor and said, "Look, I'm going to be issuing a statement to call on uh, on you as as our governor when it comes to our for the resources there, and then as well as the president uh, to to do more when it when it comes to this issue." And we had a conversation, and he actually agreed with me. Uh, uh, you know, he's uh, uh, he seemed to share a lot of the same concerns as well, but but I don't you know I haven't I haven't heard uh, many Democrats unfortunately speaking up in criticism of the president. I think they ought to do it. I don't think they ought to just sit by because this is an absolute. It's not a national outrage. It is an it is an epic uh, outrage uh, of historical um, uh, consequences. I mean, it's just it's, uh, because here's the other thing, Pete. You look at the fact that it's the right thing to do. Look at all that. But you look at our national interest. When the next conflict happens, when the next dispute happens, more than likely we're probably going to go back to this country. I mean, let's be realistic. But whenever it happens, wherever in the world, folks who fought alongside, people who fight alongside America need to know we have their back. And with this kind of thing happening, it, call, it calls the credibility of this country uh, into question. Uh, we've got Taiwan. We've got other countries yeah. that you know we need to be there. And this president is doing immense uh, damage to our national defense and to our reputation as a world power. So this is the problem when I uh, have you on to talk about a couple topics. We usually just kind of go so in-depth on one, we don't get to all the others. <laughs> well, that, you know what? Hey, it's, listen, it's better than us just being on here, like, staring at each other, waiting for someone to speak. So that's a good thing, right? That's true. Well, that's true. Uh, hey, I, I appreciate your time. And uh, as I understand it, right, I actually just made a joke last time we talked, but uh, we're going to do this regularly now. You're, you're okay with that. Are you aware your your folks kind of put you into the uh, into the mix for that? They committed you to that. You, you, you have raised my cool fact. Factor by a power of ten, right. I mean, it's just amazing. I appreciate it. You know, my, my comms director, she'll actually return my call now. It's amazing. So thank right. you. Well, I'm a giver. What can I say? I'm a giver. Hey, uh, I, you're, you're a great guy. I appreciate you're a fine it. Fine American. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, House, yeah, he's he, my producer saying that's a promo. Uh, House Speaker that's Tim it. Moore. Hey, that's it. Yeah, House Speaker Tim Moore. I guess we'll catch up with you uh, next uh, Tuesday. You got it, Pete. You guys take care. Thanks for having me on. All right, you too. Take care, sir. That is the Speaker of the North Carolina House, Tim Moore. The McClatchy reporter, Danielle Battaglia, with the story, North Carolina stands ready to welcome these heroes. Top lawmaker urges help for Afghan refugees. You just heard from the Speaker of the House, Tim Moore. He was talking about... The people who worked with our American troops, the translators or interpreters, uh, and that they are vetted before they are brought here. It wasn't like, hey, do you live in Afghanistan? Do you want to come to America? Come on down. It's That's not what he was advocating. But that's kind of the way it's being reported. His stance in support of refugees is atypical of the Republican Party ordinarily, at least since former President Donald Trump. has. So this is the thing, too. This this conflation, this equation of anti-illegal immigration with controlled borders. They're not the same. They're not the same thing, media folks. 
I am pro-immigration. I want the best and brightest of the world to come here. If they'll still come, I want the best and brightest of the world to come here. And I want them to stay. And I want them to be productive members of this society. For I mean, the selfish reason is that they're the best and brightest. And I think they would probably be able to contribute to raising the overall standard of living and giving us, you know, a bunch of accolades. If they're really good Olympians, they can get us medals and stuff, right? They can win prizes. They can develop new technologies, all that stuff. But also, I'm a bit of, uh, I don't know what you would call it. Uh, I love America. I love the country. I think it would benefit them too. I think they would, I think most people would really love living in America because America is fantastic. Now that's my bias. I understand. I totally cop to that. I'm a bit of a culturalist in this regard. I think we've got a really, really great country. Now, you're free to disagree, but I think if we get the best people over here and we make it uh, an easier process, because I want immigration reform, by the way. Like, I want reform. I want us to be able to get the best and brightest, get them here more easily. Yeah. And I want them coming from, like, I don't really care what country. I want them from all over. But you got you to gotta sign on to what the premise and the principles that our founders were all about, like what is the country about? You got to sign on to that, right? Got to know what it is, got to sign on to it. So you're somewhat acculturated, right? You, you understand what the whole grand experiment is about. I don't want you to come here and be like, you know, viva la communism. Like, no, sorry. You got plenty of opportunities to go search for the commie utopia somewhere else. You go do that. Oh, you want to be living under Sharia law? You got plenty of opportunities. There's like a whole region of the world got you covered. Okay. Well, except for Israel, right? Uh, so <laughs> just that one little part. You can't have that one little part, but all the rest of it, you could totally live under that kind of tyranny. Go and, and you know, have at it. But I'm against illegal immigration. I would like you to sign the book on the way in the door. You know, I would like to know who's coming in. I Really, like... I, I would like to know if you're a communist. I'd like to know if you're trying to, you know, blow up a bunch of people. Uh, I'd like to know if you're coming from certain countries that really, really hate us. You might, you know, warrant a little extra inspection, that kind of thing. I, I'm about looking for the bomber, not the bomb. It's I know it's kind of an Israeli uh, approach to terrorism, but that's I find out to be the the more efficient and effective way of doing things. That's just my bias. I do not conflate illegal immigration uh, with legal immigration, as a lot of people in the media obviously do. They, uh, this story, to, 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 how many terrorists will Joe Biden, oh yeah, so then she quotes in this article, she quotes uh, Donald Trump. How many terrorists will Joe Biden bring to America? Trump asked in a statement he released last week about the refugees. A week earlier, Trump had urged Americans to help the refugees. Do you see that? You see what you just did there? She conflated terrorists with refugees. So all the refugees are terrorists? That seems kind of racisty. Um, no, they're not. They're different groups of people. But I understand it's Donald Trump speaking, and so you have to construe it in the worst possible way. You've got to be like willfully blind to the definition of words and you have to equate words that don't actually mean the same things being the wordsmiths that you are. Um, terrorists are not necessarily refugees and refugees are not necessarily terrorists. 
So when Donald Trump says, hey, let's help the refugees, but also says, how many terrorists is Joe Biden, uh, Joe Biden bringing in? See, those are mutually exclusive ideas. They're not the same idea. I can be pro-refugee and anti-letting in the terrorists. But this is apparently not an, a concept that uh, the reporter understands. Uh, she says, uh, that's the rhetoric that people like Faisal Khan, a Muslim civil and human rights activist in North Carolina, has grown accustomed to. Because that's where you really want to do the most amount of civil rights work and human rights work in Muslim uh, for Muslims is in North Carolina rather than like Muslim countries. Because <laughs> we all know they're bastions of civil rights and human rights. <laughs> that's... Anyway, uh, the activist Khan says, from a historical standpoint, most of these Republicans did not speak out under the Trump administration when his hateful campaign slogans about the Muslim travel. Ban- oh, my God. This was not a Muslim travel ban. This is a, this is what this is blue and on. You know, what blue and on is. It's like QAnon, but for leftists, Blue Anon. They have so many crazy conspiracy theories, but they're treated as mainstream, just like this, right? This is just mentioned in a quote, right? So the reporter doesn't fact check this. The reporter just lets this quote fly that there was some sort of a Muslim travel ban. It wasn't a Muslim travel ban. There were more Muslim countries that were still allowed to immigrate to America than non-Muslim or than Muslim countries that were not allowed to immigrate. Look again, I was not a I was not a Trump supporter, but I'm not a liar. I'm not an idiot. Like I recognize <laughs> and I understand he spoke in word salad, and then you got people like, well, you got to listen to what he means. Not what you got to take him. You got to don't listen to him literally. You got to listen to what he means or whatever that you know. You got to take don't take him literally. Take him seriously is what they. It's what people told me. So, like, I understand he mangled the English language. I get that. But he was very clear about this, and the the executive order was very clear. This was all clear. These were countries that were churning out terrorists. They were on watch lists and such, and we didn't want to take them. So, hey, let's not take them. Because I think, what, North Korea was on the list, too. Not a big Muslim country, if memory serves. Okay? But this guy just gets to say this. And what his beef is, is what? That Republicans didn't attack... The orange man, the bad orange man. He didn't. They didn't attack him when he was banning flights from uh, from terrorist countries, and so therefore we can't really trust them now. Okay, this is always the framework. The GOP is evil. That's always the underlying framework to these stories. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. News Observer, Charlotte Observer, the McClatchy paper. Interviewing this uh, civil rights Muslim human rights activist in North Carolina, Faisal Khan, who's attacking uh, the Speaker of the House, Tim Moore, and Republicans because, you know, they didn't speak out against Donald Trump when I wanted them to speak out, and so... You know, I can't really trust them now because they want to welcome in these interpreters from Afghanistan that helped American military uh, uh, over the years in the war. The reporter, Danielle Battaglia, says now a Democratic president is in power. Republicans who speak out on behalf of refugees can do so 
while also taking a shot at President Joe Biden's handling of Afghanistan, which has been perfect, we all know. Um, so notice what she's doing. That, that's analysis. That's not reporting. That's analysis. She's assuming a motive. She's assuming a political motive in why somebody might criticize Biden's handling of the Afghanistan withdrawal and why they didn't object to Donald Trump's travel ban. Because she's accepting Faisal Khan's portrayal of the travel ban as a Muslim ban. Right? That's how bias is embedded in stories. Moore, Speaker Moore, told his colleagues in the House that this had nothing to do with politics, but about helping people who helped the country. Though that hasn't stopped him from criticizing how Biden handled withdrawing American troops. Well, why on earth would it? Why would that stop him? Why should it stop him? So what, I'm not allowed to criticize the withdrawal if I also say, hey, we should get these Afghan interpreters out. Hey, here's a, this is a brain buster, I know, but just think for a moment. Is it possible that the reason why he's calling for people to welcome the interpreters is precisely because Joe Biden turned the withdrawal into such a, such a Charlie Foxtrot? Is that possible? Just spitballing here. I'm not a reporter at McClatchy, but I think one might be related to the other, but in the reverse sense as as to what she's uh, asserting. I'm allowed to say, hey, we should welcome these interpreters because they're going to die because Joe Biden mucked up the withdrawal. I can say that. It's completely logically consistent, and it doesn't have to be political. It's logical. It's obvious. There's always a framework here, always a framework that the GOP is somehow lying. This is another thing that always amazes me about political coverage in North Carolina media, like at the state political level, which is that the political motivations of Republicans are always there. They're always present, evident to these reporters. They can always sniff it out. Oh, it's a Republican. He's got an opinion. I know what it is. They always have an understanding of why Republicans are motivated to do things, because it's all partisan, it's all political. But when Democrats make assertions, when they advance a policy, it's always for, for the good. It's for the people. It's for pure reasons only. Well, whoa, 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 politics? Surely you jest. Democrats do not act politically. Tim Moore thought back to that interpreter that he had met, who he declined to name in order to protect the man's loved ones, Quote, he basically told us that he was worried this is exactly what was going to happen if there was a sudden drawdown and a sudden pullout. So obviously the interpreter was a Republican because there he is criticizing the withdrawal plan. Right? <laughs> He's obviously a Republican. You got to go to paragraph 24 in this story. Paragraph 24, where you finally learn that Tim Moore is saying these things. His voice cracked occasionally with emotion. Really? You wait to paragraph 24 after quoting him in many, probably half of the prior paragraphs. You wait to the 24th paragraph to tell me that he's getting emotional while he's telling you this stuff, which would indicate maybe he's not acting out of evil intentions. And just just throwing that one out there. Maybe it's possible you could have put that earlier in the story. So I had a better context of understanding how he was delivering these remarks to you, the reporter whose job it is to report what he is saying and how he is saying the things. 
he called on uh, Governor Cooper, asked him, hey, you want to put out a, a statement? But no, they ended up doing their own statements. So Cooper says, you know, ensuring the safety of American allies uh, is critically important and shows the world that the U.S. keeps its word and will help those who help us. These allies and their families sacrifice their safety to stand with our troops, and they should be vetted and then welcomed by North Carolinians and Americans all across the country. Um, back to the activist, Khan. He said he hopes the lawmakers are being sincere about helping. He really does. Quote, I think to me that needs to be a prime focus. Is that why didn't they come out and speak against the president from their own party? Now they're welcoming refugees? No, Khan. That's not the prime focus. It should not be the prime focus. The prime focus right now should not be, why didn't you guys attack Donald Trump when I didn't like what he said? That's not what the prime focus should be. The prime focus should be, just spitballing again here, saving lives right now. How about that? How about you just work with whoever you need to work with to save as many lives as possible, you being the Muslim human rights activist that you are? try to save some Muslims. How about that? He said um, he feels like this might be more about optics before an upcoming election than about actually helping people. Oh, okay, so uh, Khan's going to go and say the thing that the reporter wants to convey, that this is about politics. And he said he personally has organized protests and rallies to help refugees in the past, and not once did Republican leadership come out to help. Really? You organized a protest against them, and they didn't come out to help you with that? That's so weird. That's so weird. They didn't want to join your protest against them. Odd. The Speaker of the House said that the House budget, which the Senate has rejected and is currently being discussed in committees, earmarked about half a million dollars to this organization, this Interpreting Freedom Foundation, which provides a grant to help military interpreters and their families. But he said he understood that federal money would be allocated to help house refugees as well. He added that if he learns that the state government needs to step in to help, he'll make it happen. North Carolina's congressional delegation has also weighed in on the issue with a majority of statements focused on criticizing the president. (laughs) And then they quote Tom Tillis and Richard Hudson, both Republicans. And that's it. No Democrat statements. I just saw a statement come down from Deborah Ross, actually. She's a uh, Democrat, and uh, she was all about, isn't this airlift fantastic? It's record-breaking. We saved so many people. Joe Biden is the bee's knees. That was the vibe of her press release. Uh, They didn't mention that uh, in here, but of course, the majority of statements would focus on criticizing the president over the withdrawal. You know why? Because he mucked it up terribly. Yeah, we left behind Americans. The State Department says we left behind more than 100. It could be hundreds. We don't know. So, yeah, I'd say he deserves some criticism, not to mention the massive amounts of weaponry and vehicles uh, and technology that we left in the Taliban's hands. Uh, as I mentioned with the uh, the speaker earlier, the uh, the biometric scanner and the connections to the database, they've got all the biometric data of everybody that w- we put into that system. 
and they're using it now. They got a special squad that's going around and uh, murdering everybody that's in the system because we left behind like 7,000 of these scanners. Yeah, bang up job, everybody. Brett Winterbull coming up next. Stay tuned for that. News Talk 1110 WBT. We'll talk again tomorrow. See you then. Don't break anything while I'm gone. Thank <laughs> you.